0: Let's go.
2: Welcome to Citizen. We have a very special guest today, my friend Pasha Planger. You're uh You got a lot going on in your life. So I'm going to let you give me instead of uh me taking a swing, I'm going to let you just give me your uh background and bio.
3: All right. Um so I'm my- uh Two years retired out of the army special operations community uh medically retired 17 years um retired because of my mental health not my physical health physically i can still go out and do all the all the difficult stuff but my mind fell apart there towards the end uh, um prior to serving in the army i'm a i'm an immigrant kid i came to this country when i was 15 years old um, Love this nation and everything it has given to me. Uh, I was born in Moldova. uh, So I grew up in a former Soviet Union. And right now I do, I do quite a, I mean, I do a few things that I really enjoy. Like one is I speak about mental health just to raise awareness and break the stigma associated with mental health treatment. I still get to jump out of planes every once in a while and and, uh, fly our nation's colors into high profile events. And, uh, you know, I get spend a bunch of time with guys like yourself, Mm. but even with all of this stuff that's going on, I still have my rough days. Like yesterday I had a hard day Mm. getting out of bed. So it's just part of life now. And then I have a wife and and four boys that are my life. And at the same time, they also drive me off the wall sometimes as well.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm sure. But that's. You know, that's kind of how that works, right? Um, So tell me about, uh, I don't know much about Moldova. I mean, I've got, I know plenty about um, the Eastern Bloc and former Soviet states, but what what was it like growing up there?
3: Um, So I think it's one of the poorest, if not the poorest, out of the 15 uh, Soviet Union republics. Mm. It's a tiny nation. I think it's about 5 million, uh, 5 million population. You know, you don't hear much about it. Um, in fact, the only time I've seen anything referenced about Moldova was in, in a book called tribe. Um, uh, and, uh, Moldova had, uh, the, the title of the most depressed nation in the world. And I think one of the main reasons for it is because life was so, so difficult over there. It's, it's basically everyone surviving just trying to survive on their own. So they would throw other people under the bus and there's no trust. Right. I think that's what came up in the, in the book tribe.
2: But the book tribe, you mean the one by Sebastian younger? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's thanks. a good book. Um, I yeah, knew you would... well, you know, uh, it, yeah, it's a good book. So, um, you know, one of the things that's been going on over the past 40 years or so in this country is, um, a lot of people predict, Uh, primarily globalists and people in in higher education have kind of been floating a lot of uh, old school communist ideas. Um, (laughs) And it's, you know, it's always wrapped in the same nonsense. Like there's two, I see two parts of it. The first part I, I understand. And it is that people see injustice in the world and they think that's wrong. And they think they need to do something about it and they'll, you know cling to any idea other than the one that's currently being used i get that and i don't think we should be completely dismissive of that either i think um you know just because you don't agree with the solution somebody's offering to a problem doesn't mean the problem doesn't exist and i think we do ourselves a disservice and we ultimately lose the argument because we we leave the argument if we do that right mm-hmm. but the second yeah. part is wrapped in this well, it's never actually been tried the right way bullshit, which is like, come on, man. Utopia doesn't exist. A utopia can only exist in a very narrow definition of utopia. Like everybody involved would have to have the exact same definition of utopia, and anybody that didn't agree with that definition would have to be suppressed through authoritarianism. That's the only way it works, right? And that's kind of what happened. So the Soviet leaders – <clears throat> from the Bolshevik revolution forward had this idea of what a perfect system of governance would be and if you didn't get on board with it you either got exiled or murdered now that doesn't sound yeah. very utopian to me yeah you know what i mean yeah but yeah I, it's easy to talk about this stuff but you grew up in it you were there until what you were yeah. 16 i think
3: yeah so it yeah. wasn't like, like almost almost 16 yeah, yeah
2: i know a lot of people my buddy um grew up actually in russia but he was he left when he was six and i know a lot of people who you know were from either from russia or former soviet states um or even some south american states that are that are uh communists that got out pretty young but it's different once you're like 10 to 12 you kind of start seeing what's going on around you right so it's different for yeah. people like you
3: yeah yeah um I just, I just one, one thing I'll say about the idea of communism. It's, it, it sounds great on paper, but <clears throat> I think as long as human beings are involved, you can't have equality of everything because humans are drastic, very drastically, and some are lazy, some are go-getters, mm. and you can't, you can't. Maybe you can get a small tribe of people and and you can make that work there. I think they do it in Israel, actually, in, mm. in the kibbutz, kibbutz, right? But you can't have a whole nation. Um, there's just going to be too much friction between the, the people doing all the work and the people who are just taking advantage of the system. And even there, while I was growing up, there was not, like, it looked like equality <clears throat> on the surface, but there's still different levels of life within the Soviet Union, like where the way I grew up, is my parents got divorced when I was young, so it was just me, my mom, my brother, and my grandparents, and we were really poor. We didn't like, you know, my grandma would would wait in line for hours to go get butter or milk or whatever, all that kind of stuff that had to be rationed out. Right. But there was other families that had everything, you know. They, well, at least they had a lot more than what we did. Um, and man, like even something as simple as having like rolling blockout blackouts like you only had electricity certain parts certain mm. times of the day <laughs> you only you, we only had cold water we had no hot water stuff like that it's it's communism sounds great until you live in something like that
2: sure yeah and
3: uh i tell you i <laughs> i lived that life and and i was on the bottom of of that society right so um, I, I should have been happy right because because by what people think of communism i should have been close to it to the top people in society um so by that standard i should have been happy so i lived that life and then i lived the uh, american way of life and i tell you man it's i mean it's it's been since 96 so it's been 26 years i i still sometimes pinch myself and and uh I I'm just out of gratitude to be a citizen of this nation mm-hmm. and have an opportunity to make something of myself unlike in the place where I grew up
2: yeah it's interesting you say that um just the the perspective because I people in the in the United States um, well not not everywhere there there's some, there are plenty of people who struggle here um, but the people that you see at Protests, burning down buildings and shit, have never faced any real struggle in their life. You know what I mean. And that yeah. that sounds like it's an insult, but I don't think it is. I think we've just done a poor job of um, exposing young people to practical lessons about the rest of the world and how, like, what bad really looks like. Because honestly, yeah. if if any of these uh, Antifa dum dums had actually experienced what you and your family did they would probably be trying to fight for something else. They would still fight like it's in them to fight for something. And that's not something that I see as a negative. I think that's a positive thing, but they would be fighting a much uh, more in a much more generous and logical way. Um, But to your point about, you know, you were uh, on the lower rung of their, of their class system or caste system there in, in, in a communist state. And the, perception is that yeah well even the lowest among us are going to be taken care of well that's not really true right it's never going to be true it's nonsense but yeah. it doesn't stop there like you've i'm sure you've seen the interviews with this uh North Korean woman who escaped North wow. Korea uh and she was not lower class her mom was a model and wealthy she was a model and wealthy and she still escaped and it was like yeah fuck that like it's even so you, you hear people <laughs> I, I honestly, I haven't heard anybody who's escaped one of these countries give a ringing endorsement of it. You know what I mean? No matter where they sit on the political or social structure or, or wealth structure, it's it's just like everybody kind of hates it.
3: Yeah. Well, I think you almost, in order to live and function well in that kind of, in, in the communism state, in that kind of society, you have to give up a part of your humanity. You have to give up your ability to choose basically and, and that's a huge part of being a human being and I think that's why even even the people that had everything there it, it's still not like, like things and, and money and, and that that's not enough at, at the end of the day at the end of the day we're human and we want to make our own choices and we want to have control of our life and uh, that's not going to happen in a utopian state
2: yeah sure i mean it's uh there are some cultures that are okay being told what to do but uh historically europe has not been one of them i mean there have been so many goddamn rebellions through europe over the years (laughs) um but again i i I empathize with people who fall into that trap because we all have dumb ideas when we're young we all get um i guess the sirens call You know, people have, people are very uncomfortable witnessing injustice and they should be right. It's not right. Um, So it's a good instinct to have, but, and I, and I also think that we agree on a lot more than we disagree on. It's like this, the idea that we should try to make the best possible situation for the most amount of people is something that I think most folks would agree on. And I also think that most people would also agree that we need to protect the outliers uh, who, you know, have disparate opinions provided they're not maliciously uh, causing other, other people problems. Right. But yeah, these are pretty yeah. foundational premises <laughs> in a, in a society. But for some reason, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know if it's um well, I think it's the is ought fallacy, right? So it's, there's the way the world is and the way it, it ought to be. And these folks who dabble in the utopian ideologies convince themselves that the way the world ought to be is the way that it is, but it's not the way that it is. You know what I mean? And and in a lot of ways it can't be that way. So, I mean, even in California right now, some of the stuff you're talking about, like food scarcity and rolling blackouts is now happening in the largest state in our country, Population-wise, and if it was its own country, it would be the sixth-largest economy in the world, right? Yeah. So you it's like a pretty wealthy state. The line of that
3: kind of stuff.
2: yeah. The the line between <laughs> successful capitalism and just a failure of a state is this then, right? And all it takes is a bunch of dumb dumbs who who are convinced that the world is a way that it isn't. Yeah. Right? And that's a and, hard thing to train out of somebody.
3: I don't think, I don't think you can train it out. I think that's something that has to be learned through personal experience. I think the flaw of that, of, of that, you know, ideology it's because it's, it's made by people who grew up here who have not experienced like that the the ideas are built in this this relatively positive environment and um man i think that the simplest way to get people to understand what is it that they're trying to do is to have them experience it and uh good luck with that
2: yeah and this is the problem that parents run into right especially in uh developed countries where the reason that we became tough is because times were tough. And how do you – I've talked to a lot of people about this, uh, biologists and, and, and psychologists. Um, how do you expose your children to the kind of uh, uh, events or risk or whatever it is or, or, or pain, I guess, just discomfort – that they learn the lesson without making it dangerous for them. You know what I mean? I mean, it's kind of like what we do. It's, it's what we do in training, but we train pretty intensely. I'm not sure if I want my kid fucking going through an obstacle course with a fucking knife in his teeth. You know what I mean? Like you see in the movies (laughs) and shit, but it's, um, (laughs) there's something there. I think, uh, yeah, I I, I, we, we have to do a better job of that. We've got a severe lack of leadership in this country.
3: Well, so this is something that I struggle with. Mm. I have, like I said, I have four boys. The oldest one is 12. The youngest one is four. And uh, fortunately, because of this great nation, they don't have to live through, they don't have to grow up the way I grew up. Mm. But I'm constantly struggling as well. How do I make sure that they don't grow up spoiled? How do I make sure that they grow up being able to take care of themselves and not take the little things for granted? And that's, it's a real, it's a real question that's, that's worth answering. Um, and, and just if you were curious, in my case, I just make them earn everything that they're getting. Mm. They're getting all the things that I didn't get, but they have to earn them.
2: Yeah. It's like, there's gotta be some process where, um, it's I guess it's operant conditioning, right? Where you associate, uh, uh, satisfaction with effort some way. Like yeah. he- here's what I want. And you're a child. So you're going to ask for things. Hey dad, can I do X? Can I do Y? Can I eat this? Can I do this? Uh, and you make the point that sure you can do that. If you perform the necessary tasks to earn that right. I think that's a really important yeah. lesson for any, I-, I think it's an important lesson for adults in this country to learn as well. Cause they've not yeah. learned it very well. I mean, there's a huge gap what? between between what I want and what I have to do to do it now. It from the way we get our food, right, to everything else in life. It's where this I think it's yeah. where this victim bullshit comes from.
3: Yeah. And you know what, in when when you do get the thing that you want, you get so much more joy out of whatever mm-hmm. it is when you earned it than when it's just given to you just to keep you happy and occupied so that makes my life easier um and it's and it's a whole change of mindsets like especially for kids the way they grow up it's it's you know it's a much different person the one that learns to earn things versus the one that gets used to being given things without earning them Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's that's what we're struggling with right now as a nation
2: well, we thought the goal was to make life simpler and easier, but that could it's not, that. that could not have backfired more. <laughs> that's, that's no. probably the dumbest idea that uh, the boomer generation, yeah. I, I don't think the greatest generation, the world war two generation thought that way. They weren't trying to make, they were trying to give their kids more opportunities and shit, but they weren't trying to make life easier for them. But the no. bo- the boomer generation tried to make life easier for our generation and, 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 the, and why I guess, or whatever. That was a mistake. Um, yeah, that, that backfired pretty badly. And, you know, yeah, it's, I guess people who grew up, um, like, I grew up pretty poor. Uh, not communist, but poor. And it yep. sucked for a long time. And I had to fucking yep. fight and claw my way out of it. And it isn't even just that I, you know, it isn't just what I got out of fighting and clawing or even the perspective, it's it, a bigger and, and even big a uh, uh, something that's even as important is that I know that I can do that now. You know yeah. what I mean? There's something about knowing yeah. that you can overcome shit that prevents the nihilism that, <clears throat> that kids fall into a lot. It's like, yeah, the problem looks too big to solve. So I'm just not even going to try. I mean, what the fuck, man? You can't, you're, you're dead. Like you, that's no way to survive. Oh, wow.
3: Well, what's the source of nihilism? Like, where, where does it come from? It's lack of ability mm. to take care of yourself, lack of ability to compete in the world, in the real world. So the world rejects you. And when, when the world rejects you, you say, fuck the world. Mm. And, and that's, where, that's where the nihilism, I feel like, comes from. And, and for, for those of us that have learned how to fight and, and claw our way out, out of a bad situation, We've developed skills, we've developed strength in places where the other people did not mm. and, and that's why we, we embrace the challenges that come with this world and actually I think that's where at least me, I, you're probably the same way is I, I need something to struggle against so that I can feel progress in my growth right. that's where I find meaning in my life and that's where a lot of I feel like the fulfillment is not in happiness the fulfillment is in growth in progress as a human being um i think that's what's lost on on all these people that that just preach the other ideas
2: yeah yeah it's i mean but that that's just another way of saying that life is about the journey not the destination right Yeah. Like, this isn't new. This isn't some new wisdom we've stumbled upon in the last 10 years. It's like this has been the case for thousands of years. Ever since people picked up pens and wrote on paper, this has been the standard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think a lot of folks are confused about it, too, because they just haven't, you know, gone through the processes. But a lot of people think that we're confident because of our ability. But in reality, we're confident because of our preparation and experience. Those are not the same thing. Like, when you you jump out of planes for a living uh, with a hundred pounds of flag attached to your body. In some (laughs) cases, Um, that's not an ability you have that is skill developed in preparation and experience. That's not the same thing, right? It's it may seem like a subtle distinction, but those are two very different things. It's one thing to know I'm a fast runner. Like, Oh, I can outrun that dude. But there's another thing to, to know that, I can outrun that dude. And when I get there, I'm going to have enough stamina left to put bullets on targets. You know what I mean? That's a whole different conversation to be had.
3: It's a skill versus natural ability.
2: Yeah. But it's, you yeah. can't like natural ability doesn't mean shit and, in life, you know what I mean? Like you might be good at stuff, but you're not going to have any follow through. You're not actually going to get anything done. You may open a lot of doors, but you're not going to walk through a lot of them. If you don't actually put in the preparation and, and gain experience,
3: yeah, there's not enough character, enough substance to who you are as a person. And I think having that natural ability and then seeing it wasted, it, it's probably even worse than not having any kind of ability and not getting anywhere.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it drives me crazy, honestly. Like not I'm not I don't want to talk about sports too much, but watching Aaron yeah. Rodgers flub around and he's the he's the best Quarterback that any of us have ever seen, I think talent-wise, but I agree with you. Just can't get his um, shit together. I mean, it, it's yeah. anyways. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. very frustrating to see that, and I and I assume you know, maybe from uh, maybe this is another parenting thing, but <clears throat> even if your child or subordinate or whomever else is extremely naturally gifted at something still got to sharpen that iron. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. still, the, that blade still, it doesn't matter how good the steel is if it's dull. And
3: yeah,
2: there's a lot of dull steel in America right now. Um, yeah. So, and it's, you know, uh, the Antifa or BLM people, that's how I see them. I see them as a uh, uh, high, po- high value potential, but just wasted on stupid bullshit. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's the, that's the sad part about yeah. this is like, Think about where we would be as a nation had like the tough part about that. That's the Antifa and, and that movement is that it's friction.
2: Mm.
3: It creates this friction in, in they, <clears throat> they see themselves as on the peaceful side of things that they want what's best for everybody, but they create so much friction in, and I feel like they feel the division in this nation.
2: Yeah. And it's uh, a lot of wasted effort too, right? Like I, I appreciate the energy and I appreciate the fact that they're thinking about something outside of just themselves. You know what I mean? But it when, when you have the ability to go out and affect and change, you have a responsibility to do it in a way that's appropriate, right? Yeah. And I don't just mean... <laughs> not burning down buildings, but the cause itself needs to be appropriate. Like if your idea is that we're going to somehow transform the United States into a, you know, a, a beacon of communism, because that's worked ever in human history that come on, man, that's, that's the yeah. way, that's the way a child thinks. No, no reasonable person thinks that way. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by black dot com. Get 20% off your first order with the code citizen. Black Rifle Coffee is the best coffee company in the world. They're our buddies. But we're not just saying that. We also are customers. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee Company is veteran-operated and supports America's military law enforcement and first responders, not just by saying they do, which is what a lot of companies do, but they actually do it. They give you the best coffee. And they also send coffee to... uh, to these guys on the front lines, the people that support uh, support us. So, get premium coffee delivered every month. Choose your favorite roast, whether you like light, dark, or medium. Choose the grind, whether you want ground coffee, uh, whole beans, so you can ground it yourself, which is what I recommend, or coffee rounds if you're in an office or something like that and you need uh, Keurig. You can also choose your delivery schedule, and it'll come to you anytime you like. Members also get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com and get those deals today. Next up is GhostBed. GhostBed.com forward slash Drink It Bros. Right now, GhostBed is offering a 40% off GhostBed bundle where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. So you don't need a code for that. You just add the mattress and the adjustable base, uh, and it'll apply, auto apply, 40% off. And then anything else you add to that order, also 40% off. For everything else, you can use the code Drinking Bros at GhostBed.com forward slash Drinking Bros, and you're gonna get 30% off everything on the site. Now they have the best sheets, mattresses, pillows, covers, all this stuff. You can get all, you can get your entire bedroom suite here, and you can get it all for 30% off a month. But wait, there's more. You can buy a mattress for about, you can buy the whole thing for about 35 bucks a month because they have a zero down, 0% financing plan that extends out to 60 months. That's five years, which is about the amount of time that a bedroom suite lasts. So that's a great deal, folks. Go check it out at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash citizen podcast. Today, Simply Safe is the best. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Uh, one of the barriers to entry, I would say, the two main ones for buying a new home security system is one, it takes it's a pain in the ass to set it up, and two, they're super expensive. Well, Simply Safe is neither of those things. If you thought about protecting your home with security but have been waiting. For the right time, you'll want to listen up. Right now, listeners of Citizen Podcast get forty percent off Simply Safe's award-winning home security system. Not only was it named the best home security system of twenty twenty two by US World News and Report, I use it, I trust it, it protects my home because it's Simply Safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. You can customize the entire system, the cameras, the uh, detectors on the windows and doors, all that stuff. And they'll send it to you. And I'm telling you, it's going to take you half an hour tops to set that whole thing up. It's it's a amazing system, and it's also amazingly simple. Twenty four seven professional monitoring uh, costs under a dollar a day. It's less than half the cost of ADT. Uh, blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, every window, every door. HD security cameras inside and outside. They've got everything you could possibly need to keep your home safe. Uh, their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response tech to visually confirm when a break-in is real. So you can get the highest priority, please dispatch. Right? Don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get forty percent off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash citizenpodcast today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash citizenpodcast. S-I-M-P-L-I. S A F E.com slash citizen podcast. There's no safe, like simply safe.
3: You know, one more thing I'll say about, about people who think like that, I think typically, and this is from my experience with people who are on on that side of things is uh, typically a lot of these people have been hurt in their lifetime and they live with a lot of emotional pain. So that, that makes them empathetic to others and and that's where a lot of that drive to fight for somebody else comes from but i think the problem is is these people they find a cause and they pour themselves into the cause in order to distract from whatever is going on inside so it, like there's that saying it's much easier to rule a city than to rule oneself um and i i, I think i think a lot of what you see with people who are um, like the Antifa crowd is man if, if these people would heal themselves and then go on and, and do good things in the world I think also the outcome and perception and view of things would be different as well
2: sure yeah um, <clears throat> now we uh, I, I think a lot of this is an effect of uh, of an absence of leadership at all levels in the country I mean we know that for a very, very long time, for for the first maybe 100 years that we collected crime statistics, the most accurate predictor of particularly a petty crime uh, and gang activity was poverty, right? Um, think La Cosa Nostra, like the Italian mob, the Ita- the Irish organized crime before that, so on and so forth. Um but now, our, over the last 60 years or so, our data suggests that fatherless homes are the number one predictor. So you can see right there that the the absence of leadership, even in the home, can have dramatic effects on a community. And, yeah. you know, that's – this absence of leadership, I think, is because a lot of men and women don't know how to be leaders because they don't know what that means. You know what I mean? I, I really feel like they don't know – being a leader doesn't mean giving orders or uh, uh, rewarding good behavior or punishing bad behavior. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Being a good leader is being completely immersed in the lives of your subordinates and available to them and leading by example. You know what I mean? That's what it really is.
3: Yeah, yeah. But I think it also you have to have your shit together too. As oh a, yeah. To be in order to be a good leader.
2: Well, that's. I mean, you're leading by example. Another, I mean, if your shit's all fucked up, yeah. nobody's going to believe you when you tell you yeah. when you tell them stuff. That's just yeah. how it is.
3: But I think that's another reason why we lack good leadership. Is a lot of us don't have our shit together, and uh, we, you know, we focus on on building something else, and and a lot of it is successful. But there's still a flaw in that foundation and the structure because it's built out of. Um not on the strongest of foundations sure. as if we were taking care of ourselves.
2: Yeah. You got to, you have to build that strong foundation yourself. Cause look, think, as you said, you had a bad day yesterday. Things are going to come up. There's not, there's not going to be a moment in your life when you've defeated your problems. You know what I mean? That doesn't exist. Those problems will be with you forever. Um, and I don't mean necessarily mental health problems or, disease or anything like that but something right it's going to be money
3: life 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 is difficult
2: yeah. it's going to be something always so i think people need to kind of reevaluate the way they they see their life one is what you mentioned before that it's the it's putting in the work and accomplishment that matters not stuff or whatever the fuck else or happiness. I mean, happiness is a, happiness is a byproduct of those things. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But we also need to understand that life is going to change. We're going to change. The people around us are going to change. The circumstances are going to change and you have to build a foundation strong enough that you can build on top of it. And it's not going to topple at some point. You know what I mean? Yes. And from time to time, you have to be willing to tear it down a little bit and rebuild. That's just the way life is and yeah if you it's can't admit cycle. that yeah if you can't admit that to yourself and and function that way in your own life nobody is going to follow
3: you and that's 100 percent. and then it goes back to the same conversation that we had about finding something to struggle against developing your character and develop developing skills that that help you advance in life and then you can face anything whatever comes your way yeah
2: that's why uh that's why I wrote this list of principles because it's it's, for me, it's like, uh, this is my
3: Bible, I guess. Uh, the, the principles that you sent me before the show. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those were, those were all, I had a hard time picking just a few of them to talk about.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, it's I I do too, to be honest, but we'll go through a couple. So the first one is, uh, one I borrowed from the oath of enlistment for pretty much all military or law enforcement or any uh, public office, pretty much. Uh, and it is, I'll support and defend liberty against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Um, I, I This one is very near and dear to me, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on that.
3: Well, I mean, we already covered a lot of this, right? Talking about where I grew up and then coming here. But I'll tell you, when I came here, we lived in a very rough part of L.A. Like, when I was in high school, I got robbed at gunpoint. Like, that's that's where I lived. Um, I didn't speak a word of English. My clothing was donated. We were on welfare. Like, I remember being rejected, going to Jack in a Box in L.A. and trying to buy a Jack in a Box and, and with food stamps and being rejected for it. That's, you know... And that's where I was, and um, but there was just enough that this nation has given us to prop us to to help us get our feet under ourselves, for us to learn the language and the culture, to where I got an opportunity to make something of myself, and and this is like that first. That's that's why that's why I joined the army. It's because I just out of gratitude to this nation and and what it has given me uh and that's why that that number one rule on your list is is probably one of the most important ones to me it's because i truly got to experience it. i didn't have this nation and then i got it and it gave me everything i needed to make something of myself and i will defend that with my, uh, to my last breath
0: mm.
2: yeah yeah it's funny um <clears throat> I think maybe a lot of the youth in the United States have been poisoned by this idea that America is the land of opportunity because they don't understand what that means. America is the land of opportunity, not the land of a free ride. Not the. Not, not the, a handout. Yeah, not a handout. And also not the land of a guaranteed outcome. So op- opportunity is just that it's a chance. It's a chance. Yeah. And it's up to you to decide if you're going to take advantage of it or not. And look, it's not going to be fair. It's not going to be easy and not everything is going to work out the way you want. That doesn't mean that it's not working properly. It means that's how it fucking goes, man. You know, you pick up and you go to the next thing. If something doesn't work, you just go to the next thing. I, that's, this is why the right in this country is, is finally come around on immigration. They should have been doing this for the last 40 years. Uh, Like, I I want secure borders, but there was a very anti-immigrant sentiment from the conservative side of American politics for a long time because the left was so crazy about it. You know what I mean? They were just like, fucking let them all in. Who cares who they are? Whatever. We'll pay for it. That's obviously not the answer. But the attitude that I'm going, this is better than where I came from. This is a great opportunity. And... I'm going to work my ass off to take advantage of it because I'm not going to get this opportunity anywhere else. That kind of psychology permeates through culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, it's, yeah. ha- it's hard to be around hardworking first generation Americans and not work hard also. And, and and if you, if you can pull that off, I, honestly, you're a piece of shit. If you can look at somebody who came from nothing, and is just like, look, I'm here to fucking work and
3: you're like, "Oh, fucking
2: I grew up here, so I don't care." Like that's you you you, <laughs> are a, you are a giant piece of shit if you think that way. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah, immigration done right can be a, can not can be has been mm-hmm. a real positive for this nation. But it it's isn't that,
2: it, it isn't just the immigration itself. It's it's the attitude that comes with it, right? that yeah, I'm, I'm going to take advantage from immigrants. Yeah. 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 It, it has to from
3: immigrants. You gotta have, you gotta mm-hmm. have immigrants to keep that fresh, fresh hunger going and, and, and infect and spread it. Mm-hmm. I think the maybe, rest of the population,
2: maybe we need to have like a system of relegation like uh European football where um, if you're a fucking turd that lives in the Pacific Northwest, you got to go, live in Southern Mexico for two years and then you get to come back. You know what I mean? Because um, honestly, we've had this conversation quite a bit. I'll I'll trade some dumb, dumb Antifa person or somebody protesting standing in the middle of the street for a fucking immigrant that works hard any day of the week. Like my yeah. my idea of an American isn't somebody that was born inside this country. My idea of an American is somebody who believes that individual liberty is the most important principle on earth. And that yeah. this is the place where if you work hard, you can succeed. That's an American to me. It doesn't matter if you were yeah. born here or not. Right. Yeah. And for a long time, conservatives didn't think that way. They're like, Oh, that's the other guy. That's like, we're, we're happy to take advantage of the cheap labor, but we don't want them to be American. Like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about? No, that's an American dude. That that person could not be more American.
3: So do you feel like it's shifted? It's shifting that that view on the conservative
2: side yeah it absolutely has but out of i I think more out of necessity because they've the conservative party has been losing white suburban votes over the last couple years but they've gained huge amounts of uh hispanic votes especially in the south on border states right okay um they won uh I think there was a twenty-point swing in Hispanic voting from in, over the last six years from Democrat. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a it's a big deal, especially considering they're like what eighteen, sixteen, eighteen percent of the population. It's a huge deal. Um, yeah. But it was always so obvious. You know what I mean? Like this is we we get the wrong idea. This is why I like this first principle because I you can't. I understand people who identify with. One political party or another, I guess, but that's not your guidestone. You know what I mean that's just that's just the color of shirt you're wearing that's that's not even that yeah. big a deal the purpose yeah. the purpose of a constitution is not just to be words on paper, they're not suggestions. They are the rights enumerated, clear life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And among these, liberty is the greatest. That's our compass. You know what I mean? That is true north, is liberty. Yeah. And we organize ourselves around, or under rather, the umbrella of liberty, which is the most basic human right. And then you have to also accept the responsibilities required of you to secure that right. And you also have to understand that that right only exists if it exists for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, it's just some new form of authoritarianism with a lot more people in the and the end group. But if if, yeah. if it's not if if the liberty that we that we sit under is not available to everybody, then we're failing, right? And we're going to fail. That's how it works. But you have to fucking constantly fail less to be great at something.
3: But I think that failure doesn't come from the lack of liberty. I think that failure comes from generational mindset that does not take advantage of the the liberty that's been an opportunity that's been given to us as american citizens i like if you think in my situation um you know i didn't i didn't have anything that you would consider as an advantage like no no money, no connections, nobody to guide me, no language, nothing. But I also didn't have the the mindset that that somebody who was in a similar situation as I was but was used to the life of a handout, right? And and that's and that's the cycle that that passes on from family member to family member. I didn't have that. So it was easier for me to break out of that and, and go and find opportunity and, and achieve, make something mm. of myself.
2: You mean, you mean like in your mind, the possibility of somebody else fixing your problems wasn't a possibility at all. You knew that you had no. to go do it yourself is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, like the fact that it's like, Oh, I can go get a job and I can pick up a few skills here and then I can pick up a few skills there and I put those skills together and then, and then I level up and then And then again it's that progress once that progress started happening it's you just you keep going if you have that mindset that's not just used to being given a handout and keeping things simple and uh just don't make too much noise this is
2: the this is what i think was the problem we had in iraq to be honest like there's two lessons one you can't fight for somebody else's freedom that doesn't work no they you have to fight for your own freedom and i think they Honestly, you've been there, too. I think the people of Iraq suffered because they, they were under this quasi-communist, socialist government, authoritarian government for so long that multiple generations forgot what it was like to be able to work harder and get more. You yeah. know what I mean? And when yeah. we, we when we tried to convince them of that, like, hey, you can take back control of your government, they were like, no, nah, I don't think so. You know what I mean? And I it's, The mindset
3: is still there. Yeah, it's
2: really sad that it worked that way. And it probably will take multiple generations to get out of it, but I—that's what I see from the youth in the United States right now. They don't—they don't associate harder work with more success or yeah. smarter choices with more success. They associate failure with somebody else failed me. You know what I mean? And that's not at all how it works. And you, if you think that way, you're fucked.
3: That's not how it works in a successful uh, nation, company. Community anything. Yeah. I That's, think we're just in that cycle, you know, that like uh, Joe Rogan talks about.
2: Yeah. The, tough uh,
3: times create tough men. Yeah. And you know, and so on, right? Yeah.
2: Well, did. Th- so principle two is I'll do something every day to help my country, my countrymen are all men. And I think uh it ties in quite a bit actually with um with number four which is being a leader. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these, these, (laughs) these truths we hold to be self-evident. Those are words you should think of a lot because the reason that the founders wrote that language into our founding documents is because they wanted to set the tone. They wanted your mindset to be, Hey, we're all equal here. Right. Right. That's, that's the way it is. We're going to progress forward from that guidestone. We don't. Yeah. We, we need that again. We need leadership, and we need people who are willing to help each other. Community, right? That's the, thing yeah. that, that's the thing that the communists get right. And that's why I tell people not to be immediately dismissive of ideas you disagree with, because there's probably some wisdom in there. And if, even if there isn't wisdom in there, it will show you what the problem is that needs to be solved. Like just because their solution is wrong doesn't mean that problem doesn't exist. So I think yeah. you know community is so important. It it defines who we are as a species.
3: Yeah, I, I naturally we are social creatures. Mm. We need each other. Like I need you in more ways than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we we need each other, and I think that's where like the, the positive side side of communists is that people. Um, what I remember is just people being. That only happened inside like in, outside people seem to be very cool towards each other like on the street and i think there's just just the, the rough life that people are experiencing but once you're in this circle it's just like everybody feels like like part of the family mm-hmm. yeah you know, especially once the vodka started flowing sure yeah uh,
2: but sure it's that helped. but it's hard i mean that's the, that's the interesting thing about that so now we have disagreements about politics and disinvite each other from holiday parties and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. That's, a, that's the coward's way out. Because I'll tell you what, it's hard to hate up close. It's hard to be in a room with somebody and truly hate them when you're having a dialogue. Because th- this is the same thing that happened with, <clears throat> with uh, marriage equality, with gay marriage in America. It was a taboo subject for a long time. People were talking about adding amendments to the constitution to prevent it. Other people adding amendments to the constitution to allow it. And ultimately what happened was a bunch of people started coming out of the closet and folks started realizing that their friends and family were gay. they're like, Oh, this is, that's Dave. Yeah. He's, he's, he just, he's gay. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Like, oh, okay, cool. That community, the, the connection that you develop between people where it, it, it builds the infrastructure that allows you to see past your own prejudice. You know what I mean? Because you understand yeah. that these little elements about somebody's lives aren't what define them. What define them is what they do for other people, what they do when shit's on the line and somebody needs them. The most important thing you will ever be in your life is there for the people that need you, right? And if you're that kind of person, I don't give a fuck what else you're doing. It doesn't matter to yeah. me what else you're doing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how we all should think.
2: So back to the, the principle, I'll do something every day to help my country. My country yeah. are all men. I really like that one because it kind of puts you in the, be on the lookout mode for opportunities yeah. to help people and shit.
3: And then um, you find them when you're looking for them, you're going to find them.
2: Yeah. And I think, especially like you said before, people that go through traumatic shit can see, like, I think it's a responsibility. Um, once you have your arms around your own problems, you kind of have a responsibility to other people now because you can see it. You can see it in them before they're willing to admit it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. that's a big responsibility to have. People are fucked up. And I don't mean some people. I mean all people are fucked up. There's something wrong with all of us. Um, and that's fine, but you still got to deal with yeah. it. Just because everybody's fucked up doesn't mean, well, fuck it. I guess we just won't do anything. No, man. Let's it means, all be fucked up. Yeah. yeah, it means we've all got work to do.
3: Yeah that's that's how my that's how my like i never thought i'd be the guy sta- standing on this on a podium talking about mental health mm. but that's how it started for me once i started pulling myself out of the rock bottom and i started to feel better i i like i know what it feels like to be there so i would spot other guys who were experiencing what i would experience and and these conversations started one-on-one me trying to help and, and that's, that's exactly what you just said. It's, it's like our responsibilities. Once you overcome stuff, help somebody else get through that same thing.
2: Yeah. Somebody, I don't remember who it was. It's been wrongly attributed to Martin Luther King, but I think it was a woman that said it actually, I can't remember who it was, but she said, you've got two hands for a reason one to pull yourself up and the other one to pull the next person up with you. You know what I mean? Oh, That's how, yeah. that's how we get places. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I've, I've, yeah. <laughs> I've been on some patrols with some alpha dudes who have had to hand me their rock and rifle for me to lift over the berm so they could get over. And then I handed them their shit back. That doesn't yeah. make, that doesn't make them less tough or alpha. I still watch them plow through plenty of enemy, but yeah. you know, it's like even the, the strongest among us need help sometime. So what yeah, does that mean about everybody else?
3: Yeah. Well, it's just, we are much stronger when we're together, but there's a, uh, I think it's a Swahili proverb: If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with a group. Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's that's one hundred percent accurate. Um And I think you know one of the foundational parts of this idea of giving back to people <clears throat> uh is also how you treat your country, right? Like, are, am am I the kind of person that's just trying to squeeze every ounce of opportunity out of the United States that I can, or am I the kind of person that takes what I need and replaces it when I'm able? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're, yeah, if, we have. Pl- yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
3: Go ahead. No, I said we we have plenty of both, and mm. and you may get away with it getting at squeezing everything you can out of this nation, but it's not the path to to like an actual meaningful life because when you're getting stuff. For, for free, you're always gonna want more. You don't again. You don't appreciate what you got. But if you're giving back to this nation, in uh, you're doing the opposite, like you've been given enough opportunity to make something of yourself, and then and then you start returning the favor and pouring back into it, like at least in my experience, I've I've noticed things coming back to me ten times more than than what I put in, and, and I'm not even trying to get that stuff, but it's just coming. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's the story of Job, right? I mean, I'm I'm not a religious person, but I'm pretty well versed here. Um,
3: There's a lot of wisdom there, yeah, and certainly in religion, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: But the story of Job is, um, it, I mean, I I don't like the idea that God and the devil were basically gambling on whether or not a guy was going to be a good guy or not. But the premise is ser- simply that you're faith and loyalty should be to the process and not to the outcome. you know what I mean and eventually the outcome will come. This is you yeah. hear you hear the same shit from barbecue people who say you gotta you gotta uh, turn up the heat a little bit and push through the stall when the fat stalls in the middle of the smoke. or you hear it from uh, people who are doing uh, physical training like you just got to trust the process you'll get back to where you need to be don't rush things just do it this way. Uh, it's, it's better to lose two pounds uh, a month than it is to lose 10 pounds in a week, just fucking, or, or whatever, whatever the ratios are, um, Yeah, but it's the same thing yeah. with life. Right. And that's a, that's a pretty, pretty universal principle, but it only works if um, everybody that's getting an opportunity, isn't tearing at the underbelly of the infrastructure that makes it all possible. You know what I mean? Like you can't just suck everything out of life. You have to put stuff back. It's like it's the yeah. boys, it's the Boy Scouts. Not, they never said, I'm going to leave uh, the campsite as good as I found it. They say, We're going to leave the campsite better than how we found it, which means you have a responsibility if you're able to improve things, not just repair them, but also improve them for the next person yeah. that comes by. You know what I mean? I think it's a good, yeah. it's a good attitude to have.
3: Yeah. And you know what, like, with uh, all the negativity we see, like, in, in news or social media about the divisiveness of this nation, like, in my experience, we still have ton, a ton of people that that are doing, um, not tearing at the underbelly, but repairing that belly and, mm. and putting back into this nation. And I just experienced it, uh, like, over this, this weekend. I, I don't know if you saw it, but I... I, uh, I found out about these three catastrophically wounded Ukrainian guys that mm. are here to get fitted for prosthetics. One is a double leg amputee above the knee. The other two are single leg above the knee amputees. Just the, just like this summer, like June is when they got hurt. Yep. <clears throat> they, they're already here. They're being fitted for prosthetics. So I found out about them. So I, I, we took them, we took them fishing on the Potomac caught some monster catfish, and then, uh, Ed Moore, the guy who's in charge of, uh, who founded Veterans Fishing Adventure, he knew some people in the community, he reached out, and when we got, when we got back and as we we're pulling into the dock, there's a fire department is there, police department is there, uh, and, a, and a whole mob of people from local community that found out about it, and they came just to give these guys, show these guys some, some love and support, so weekends like this, like experiences like this, they, you know, they highlight all the good that we still have in this nation. And it's not going to be on TV. It doesn't attract eyeballs, like just like negative shit does. But we still have a lot of that. Mm -hmm. It's still a big part of who we are. That's my experience.
2: Yeah, same. I mean, that's so people ask, um, By the way, the track chair that they that was uh, the Independence Fund that did that. That's my friend Sierra. She's, yeah, she's always yeah. on top of that stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, every opportunity that you get to help somebody else, I feel like it's it it builds. <laughs> I've always felt like it gave back, gave me more than I actually gave them. Uh, absolutely. Interestingly enough, I mean, it's almost feel guilty about it sometimes. Like, man. I help them out and I feel really good, but they're still kind of struggling. What else can I do? And I think it's a good attitude to have is what else can I do? It's why like people ask, um, what we like most about doing the work we do. And I always say it's our, the drinking bros fans, because we have these private, we have private Facebook groups with tens of thousands of people in them all over the country with, uh, every major city uh, 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 different, uh, uh, different, uh, uh, interests, I guess, like cigars or motorcycles or fitness, or, uh, there's a nerds group. There's a conspiracy theory group. There's a group called vigilant guard that helps people that are going through mental health problems. But I routinely, I just, I, I kind of lurk in there now, but I routinely see stories where somebody will break down in, on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere and instead of calling somebody, they post in one of the Drigger Bros groups, and somebody immediately will go help them. Man, like you can't convince me that we don't have the right kind of people in this country. We just, yeah. you know, uh, we just shine a light. I, I guess the squeaky wheel gets in the ways, right? Yeah, unfortunately. But we need that. This is this is another this is another problem of leadership. Like we can live by these principles where i'm going to help people i'm going to fucking i'm going to support defend liberty um i'm going to be a leader i'm going to make sure people are taken care of all this stuff you can live that life and that's part of it but you've you've also got to recruit people into it you know what i mean and it's I, i think that's where the leadership part comes in and as you mentioned before leading by example is the most important part of it like doing the work yeah. is the most important part.
3: Yeah. And that's and that's what attracts others. Mm. It's and, and I've noticed and it works. It's just not unfortunately like the flip side is we're competing with the twenty four hour news cycle that's <laughs> constantly showing the negative. Right. Yeah. So but I I think it's much more effective the stuff that happens in person that that through experience it's just it's 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 that that groundwork that foundational work Mm -hmm. uh the grassroots movements it just takes more time and effort
2: yeah that's we we just uh you know we've got a couple of issues there one we have very little perspective on time anymore you know we think if it's not immediate then it's not effective which is dumb that's not how anything works no Um, but we also have given people all of these virtue signaling outs where they can feel the same way they would have felt if they had helped somebody without ever having actually helped anybody. Right. Like yeah, putting a Ukrainian flag on their Twitter bio, like, all right, cool, man. Yeah. Thanks. That, that <laughs> was super helpful. Um, the fuck, uh, you know, but you get the same dopamine hit that you would have, if you had actually gone to a soup kitchen and fed hungry people, that's yeah. like, it, you, you have to really safeguard yourself against stuff like that because it's, it's good to feel good. And if you can find a shortcut to feeling good, it's probably not a good idea. You know what I and mean? And it doesn't
3: the impact is not as lasting.
2: Yeah. And the like this is why I tell people like if you're going to if you like drinking, drink when you're happy, not when you're sad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Drinking is a it's 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 an amplifier. It's not a fucking band-aid. It's it's something yeah. to make a good thing better it's not going to make a bad thing good that's just not how that works we i mean you and i know that as much as anybody yeah
3: yeah but i poured myself some bourbon right before our conversation because i was pretty happy to talk to you
2: yeah well i'm gonna have some art bag as soon as i get off here and start my other show um because i'm i'm getting a little thirsty um uh, and i i made a roast this morning that's going to be done when i get home so it's oh. it's the fall man it's raining it's 40 degrees here you know so yeah. what are you going to do before we get out of here? The the last one I wanted to touch on is um, I'll live a life worth dying for. Uh, and I, I put that one at the end on purpose. Cause I think it, it, I think you should always think about that when you're doing any of this other stuff. But I wonder from your perspective, why that one jumped off the page at you.
3: Um, well, we've been in that situation, right? where, where, you know, death was a normal part of our everyday life, right? And uh, so, I kind of became desensitized to death. Um, and I think part of that was having knowing that I I went out to serve my nation. I felt like fulfilled my obligation, something that I owned, and that's that's kind of where it started for me. But now, uh, it gotten to a point to where. Like, I live my life hoping to serve and help others who are less fortunate than I am. And uh, in order to live that life, it has to be built on strong character, the right values and virtues, and but most importantly, actions. And because that's what I do day in and day out, at least to the best of my abilities, because like I said before, I still have my days where I'm just... I just like, wanna crawl in a dark space and can't do anything when that depression cycle comes in. But at the end of the day, because I, that's the way I, I live my life, like I can go at any time and feel at peace and grateful for everything uh, that I've experienced during my lifetime. And it, it makes it it makes it easier to, to not to cling on to life when, when you know I've gotten everything that you could out of it. Mm. Um, yeah. But before we go, I'd like to if you know, if this is the end, I just want to share one quick, quick story about me coming over here. Yeah, go ahead. Is that cool. Yeah. I think maybe I've done it before. My dog is here to come and listen to the story, Riley. Um, so when we were flying here, so I lived in Moldova. We took a train to Moscow, flew from Moscow, layover in New York. And our final destination was L.A. Uh, it was 96, September 96. So because I grew up in Soviet Union, like the, there was no, there was scarcity on, on things there. And, and at that point in my life, I've had Pepsi maybe five times and I absolutely love Pepsi. I've never had Coke at that time. So when we land in New York, we have our layover. I see a fountain like soda machine and I go to my grandma who was the, the, the bank <laughs> and I beg her for a dollar. And she gives me a dollar, I go, I buy a cup, I go to the soda machine, I fill it up. And I was like, you know, it's like a commercial ice, Pepsi sparkling, I taste it, and oh, it tastes like shit. And I was. I remember I was so disappointed. And, uh, and then whatever, I like, you know, I still finished it, but I, I was just, man, like, Pepsi in America sucks. <laughs> uh, And then we get on the plane and and life goes on, right? I, I land in LA and I'm just overwhelmed with everything that comes with coming to this brand new nation that I've been dreaming to get to. Then probably like three, four years down the road, it dawns on me that that day I put myself Diet Pepsi instead of regular Pepsi. And the reason why I bring it up is like, where else in the world can you go from not being able to tell a difference between a diet Pepsi and a regular Pepsi, and then uh, to have an opportunity to make something of yourself. to so, like where I've met the president and, and a bunch of other senior leaders in this country i have jumped into stadiums with 50,000 people. Uh, I get to constantly spend time with guys like yourself and, and, and Tim who's sitting there in the background. Or at least his book. So this is this is the power of our na- of, of of who we are as a nation. And, and there's a lot to be grateful for. Um, and I just want to make sure that we finish on on this positive note, mm-hmm. note because this is still like the, the greatest nation in the world. Yeah, I
2: agree. 100%. Um, well, I appreciate you coming today. Tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs uh, and where they can find your company if they need somebody to jump into an event.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can just find me on on uh, Instagram uh, at Pasha Palenker. We're on LinkedIn, same thing at Pasha Palenker. Having this unique name, I think there's only one of me, uh, so it should be pretty easy to find. And once you find me, just message me, and then uh, we can take it from there. And you can appreciate jump you into telling, like, brother.
2: yeah, for sure. I appreciate you coming. Yeah. You can jump into like children's birthday parties or whatever, right?
3: <laughs> well, I need some. We need some some space. Do it in the field. Yeah. Some for, clearance. Yeah. 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 But there's not much that we, that we can't jump into.
2: Yeah. You guys jumped into the Rose bowl about a month ago, right? Three weeks, three yeah. weeks, a month ago. Oh
3: man. Talk about full circle too. So I joined the army about 20 minutes from the Rose bowl mm-hmm. and to have my mom and my, my brother in the, in the, like on the field, as I was coming in for a landing, with this 1100 square foot flag, that was a moment right there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's a core memory. Um, Yeah, that's a great story, man. I appreciate you coming on today and and having this conversation.
3: Yeah, likewise, brother. appreciate you having me on and look forward to us hanging out sometime soon.
2: Yeah, we'll see you soon, and we appreciate you all listening. This has been Citizen.